Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. This episode brought to you by the S3 Verge. Joe, set the way back to 1995. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, the Matrox Millennium, brought to you by the Matrox Millennium. Dual head. Uh, dual head. And the Gravis Ultrasound Max. Yes. And it- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that MIDI. Oh, man. You have no idea. Uh, welcome, everyone. Oh, hi. Uh, uh, also, welcome, uh, Jim, your co-host. Oh, I said that. Uh, we, we're without um, Hunter tonight for some reason. I'm not sure why. He couldn't join us. So he knew I was sad. coming. He's yeah. got a terrible case of Eve. Oh, <laughs> oh, I bet you that's it. That son of a bitch. He's, He's making a billionaire right now. Yeah, it's on the, on the brain. <laughs> Well, uh, we do have a guest, though. Uh, we were going to do this show a little while back, but apparently the internet in Canada died that night. So we're welcoming back the host of the Upper Memory Block podcast, Joe Mastriani. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you. I'm be- I- I'm becoming a-, a regular, it seems. I would not mind that. You know, you're always <laughs> always a good time. Always a good time when you're around. Always. You know, time. we should play the national anthem of whatever country people are on the show from, right? That'd be cool. Like we just get some O oh, Canada. They say it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. How do the words go? I don't know. I could probably anyway. do that. Hang Because I'm trying, folks. I'm I'm doing but a it has little to be audio Celine, thing here. Celine Dion singing it because. Okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) Just so I don't get in trouble, I was standing with my hand over my heart. Good job, good job. (laughs) So you guys heard that. Okay. I also noticed that Joe picked up the accent there too. Like all it took, (laughs) a little bit of that national anthem, and then his brain like flipped over into Canuck. So, folks, uh, I'm excited right now because it took me hours of watching videos and reading manuals, but I'm using a program called Voice Meter Banana. Take which... a screenshot of your settings, sir, <laughs> so that you never forget. No, you can export them to an XML file now. Did you know that? You can you can save oh. them as an XML file. So you should still take a screenshot so you can show the world. You should take a screenshot like, of the XML file. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so well, no, no kidding, one time, because I, I used to work at a little mom-and-pop ISP, somebody like wrote out the document that they wanted right they did the web page on and they printed it out and then they scanned it and then they put it on their website as a giant jpeg wow cuz aces all right anyway made me think that. <laughs> so yeah i'm really excited because I spent so much time tweaking the audio settings that hopefully no longer will it be like oh brian i can hear him I can hear him, but I can't hear the guests. It. I found this tiny little setting in Windows that was like, when you're using a communication program, it'll lower the vault. Windows will lower the volume. Uh, I don't want that. That's super annoying. <laughs> I really don't want that. So I, I unchecked that. You know what? I'll be, da- the devil. I'll be damned if I could find that again. <laughs> so I hope I can figure out how to find it because I can't remember where the fuck that is. But yeah, so the reason I wanted to get Voice Meter Banana 
working, my friends, is one, better audio, better control over the audio. Two, I can record from anything now, so if we do decide to switch to Discord, which, who knows, we might. I could probably record from that, too. So, hey, you know, banana options. Banana control is very important. <laughs> Gotta control that times. banana. Gotta control that banana. Maintain control of the banana. Two hands on the banana. Banana control for scale. Ten, ten and two. <laughs> how, how the hell did the banana for scale BS start anyway? I, don't I have no idea. Is that a thing? It's, a, it's Reddit. Like, is who that knows? a thing? Uh, like, does yeah, anyone it's a know, thing. Well, it's a Reddit is, thing, so it's, why it only this, exists there. Does anyone know why this is called voice meter banana? Because there was an original voice meter program, but then this is the new one. And they're Could have been it, voice meter pickle, but I don't know. I don't know why not. I mean, what's what's banana? Why is, why banana? Anyway, folks. Bananas are funny, inherently, just like pickles. The reason I wanted to get Voice Meter Banana working, and I'm glad I had the extra time to do that. So, Joe, in a way, I want to thank you for having internet issues. Uh, the, re- the reason I wanted to get Voice Meter Banana working is because then I could play for you some of the old hardware I have purchased recently because of Mr. Mastriani here, which we'll talk about. It is mm-hmm. his fault. I am blaming him completely. Oh yeah, it's, my, it's all part of my master plan. Yeah, you you were hounding me left and right. Like, did you get it? Did you get it? How about now? <laughs> How about now? Now? How about now? No. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so tonight, folks, we are here to talk about classic PC computer, whatever. Not console stuff, because I mean that's that's dedicated shit, and that's, I don't cover console stuff because I don't have time. Though, folks, if you do want to support me on Patreon enough that I will get this capture thingy so I can capture my Genesis and my Wii and my Dreamcast and stuff, then I'll play console games for y'all. Just saying. It is a goal of the Patreon campaign. Patreon capture your Wii in a mason jar. Mm. Um, but like Howard Hughes. The one thing I love about running Space Game Junkie is having to deal with old games. It, it's kind of... Joe, and, and oh, first off, Joe... You run the Upper Memory Box podcast. Correct. Which, folks, which is awesome. Joe, tell people, if they don't know, what the Memory Block podcast is. It is a podcast where I talk about, uh, I guess I like to call them games from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. So basically PC games from sort of, you know, the early 80s up until about the year 2000. It's kind of a weird, that's like, it's a weird block of time, but that's kind of the time that I was at kind of the, my peak gaming. So you should have called it Boot Floppy Podcast. There you go. <laughs> the boot floppy. Where you could just do like a guide on how to make a boot floppy so that you can get, uh, I don't know, Ultima 7 Serpentile working because I never could. I bought that thing and I never got to play it until good old games put it out. Oh, yeah. Talk, no, that was... talk about frustration. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's kind of could... what, what Brian was getting at is that, you know, like, I know for me, and I talk about this kind of very early on in like one of the, in like the, the beta episode of, of the Upper Memory Block. Is that, you know, kind of I work in I'm I'm, I'm a, a web guy now, cloud computing, programmery, whatever. And oh, we I talk about that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I totally attribute that to, you know, having to figure out how to get games working on, you know, my my 286, my 386, my 486, because you, you, you had to know how a computer worked. You had to know what memory was and what the different spaces were and what IRQs were and what DMAs were. And, and what you have some dusty page. Auto exec bat and config sys. You do have a dedicated computer. You do have a dedicated legacy gaming computer, though, don't you? I do. I do actually. Yeah. I hate you so much. I am so, so jealous. Let's talk about what hardware is in the beige box. 
It is beige, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's color. beige. Of course yes, it's okay. absolutely. Because it was like the Model T. It's like you can get this in any color as long as it's beige. As long as it's black. As long as it's beige. Mm. Okay, well, so what do you got in your legacy computer? So mine's not that old. It's actually it's actually a Pentium 2. Well, but was, it is in a beige was, box. That was late 90s. I had a Pentium 2 in around 98. Yeah, so I it's a it's a P2. Uh it still has ISA slots. There's there's a oh, there's wow. PCI <laughs> slots and ISA slots in there. Nice. Now are you running God's own operating system, Windows ninety eight SE? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Excellent. There's, I was there's no about other that's the I was other about that in the car on the way home. It was just like Windows ninety eight SE was probably what? the finest the product shit. Microsoft ever made. Was the shit. It still is. I want to. I want to build a legacy gaming computer myself, and that will definitely be the operating system of choice. Definitely. I just. I was actually pretty machine. lucky. Yeah, I was pretty lucky on it because one of the one of the the QA guys at work had basically the bulk of the machine just sitting around, and then I sort of added, you know, I added like a Riva TNT two and stuff like that to it. But really, like the motherboard nice. was there, the RAM was there, the CPU was there. I've already got mine planned. I recently bought two Voodoo 2 cards with SLI cables. Sweet. Yeah. You got to go Voodoo 2. And I'm looking for a Screamin' 3D for 2D and Rendition 3D. You know? Got to get that 95, 98 compatibility going. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about? Yeah. Yeah, those are hard to find, those Screamin' 3Ds. I don't even know if they exist anymore. We'll talk about that card. I don't know if you all remember that card, but... uh, that was one of the first 3D cards. Rendition it's all about 1.0. eBay. Uh, yeah, no, I have an eBay uh, alert for that card. <laughs> believe, <laughs> believe you me. <laughs> so, folks, yeah, after uh, uh, Joe has a great podcast about playing older games, you do vi- revisit, you do revisit newer games. Like you just did a podcast on the new Doom, which is yeah. So I do newer games that are you know relevant ex- to our interests as exactly you know, cl- classic gamers. Exactly. How, how often do you drop one of these, and is it on the regular schedule, or is it just when it happens? No, it's just sort of when it happens. Like I did, unfortunately, uh, SimCity 5 or whatever that came out a couple of years back. Uh, New XCOM, when the first one came out. Uh, Doom. You know, just kind of stuff like that. So whenever something notable sort of comes out, I might cover uh, that abduction game by the Mist guys, because it's not really a sequel, but sort of a sequel to Mist. Oh, cool. Have you ever listened to the Retroist podcast? I I probably have. I can't remember. So okay, <laughs> I know I've, covers, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, he covers uh, just pop culture things from the 80s and 90s. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it's like he might deep dive into, like, He-Man action figures one week and then talk about Chuck E. Cheese and, you know, Pizza Time Theater or something you know, the next week, but he, he covers a lot of video game ground too. And he's probably as big a fan of Tron as I am. Um, but it's a super cool guy. He used to live here in town and I do not actually know his name, <laughs> which is cause he keeps it like really, you know, like, uh, On the anonymous, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he was talking to me about, he, he worked at Westwood back in oh, cool. the days when command and conquer like one and two was a thing. So he's like a veteran, definitely, of the industry. And uh, so he's got a thing for his video games as well. Um, but, yeah, he's he moved out to Seattle, I think, now, um, just doing some web work. He's a, he's a web dude, much like yourself, actually, uh-huh. 9 to 5. Um, and then they have a partner podcast uh, with that 
which is uh, Vic Sage, who works at, I forget what, Retro Arcade that he owns. Um, and uh, he just talks about, it's called Diary of an Arcade Employee Podcast. And he just talks about like old video games and the arcade running business and stuff. So really cool. Other retro things. Oh yeah, I love it. The more you know, the more the merrier. I always oh, say. Yeah. You know, people are like, "Oh, people are doing a podcast like yours." I'm like, "So that's great." Yeah, I mean, that's one of the great it things about the doing yeah. it right. All, it validates like it's, all the it's shit. Worth we doing, it's yeah. worth doing twice. So yeah. someone starts something called the the spaceship aficionado podcast game guy. Uh, there's a lot less space. There's a lot less room in this in this, <laughs> in this space. <laughs> for uh yeah that. i thought I, I thought i was in a niche you're you're in a, a nichier niche i mean yeah but we niche. thought that we thought this was going to be just a dusty museum to days gone by and then suddenly it's like oh the genre is awake again here it comes you know it's like wow the flood yeah I, I we've gotten so inundated with guests which is great but i like the other day i was like you know what i miss like doing a classic game review retrospective every now and again. So I'm, I think we're going to go back to doing that maybe once a month. You know, we like look at an older game and talk about it, you know, because I miss doing that. And the the three moves ahead guys, they just did uh, Dark Rain, which is like, oh, oh yeah. I love Dark Rain. Um, that one's on my list they too. Didn't. Huh? They, they they highly underrated Dark Rain. It's I like agree. the one guy was I trying agree. to be like a little apologetic for it, right? But everybody, you know, was, like Troy especially was like super down on it. He's he's just like, yeah, this game's ugly as hell, and you know, it's not. They fun didn't even talk about the AI and how like each unit had its own little AI thing you could set and everything. And oh, that was a great freaking game. But I'm I'm an RTS nut, so maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, I think uh, every now and again, uh, we should revisit a classic game on here as well. Because remember, we did the Independence War Two show, and we did the yeah. the Dark Star One show, and those are fun. So I'd like to do more of those. So I think every every so often, we'll do more of those. Um, but we all love classic games here. We all love retro gaming. And uh, Joe, the other um, back, I think when you were doing Day of the Tentacle, your Day of the Tentacle show. Yeah, it was around uh, then, wasn't it? <laughs> uh yeah you did you made a video of you running the game on your mt32 mm-hmm. and i saw this and i heard the music and i'm like this is the greatest thing this is <laughs> so amazing so i looked up on there's a nice article on wikipedia that lists all the pc games that support the mt32 and i'm like oh, i must own one of these <laughs> there's a lot more than you think and it, it is interesting because dozens and dozens yeah and it just seems odd because this was like the MT32 was like the the Ferrari of like sound devices. Like it was not cheap back in the day. It's still not even necessarily super cheap right now. It was four or five hundred dollars if you bought it through directly through Sierra, which you could, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not cheap. It was like it was a luxury item. It was yeah. definitely a luxury item. And uh, yeah, they're still not cheap. Uh, they're not super expensive now. I got mine for about eighty, I think. Which yeah, I think bad. I got mine for like just over a hundred Canadian, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, but after you uh, did that, I was like, I need to get one of these, and so I got it, and I was playing with it. Once you thankfully helped me get it to work, and then I played Tie Fighter with it, and it's like this sounds weird, you know? Why does Tie Fighter sound so weird on this thing? 
It's like, oh, because it wants a general MIDI module. It's too I, new. I guess I need one of those now. <laughs> so after doing a bunch of research on Vogons and shit, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a, another Roland, an SC55 Mark II, mm-hmm. which apparently you also have. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm staring at both of them. They're sitting. It's actually, I have this, this my desk set up is sort of, I have my, my main desk where like my computer is and everything. And then I have an older, smaller desk. That's kind of coming out the other way and like the printer's on there. But that old desk actually has a keyboard tray underneath and the MT32 and the SC55 next to each other fit perfectly on that keyboard oh. tray. And the desk is glass. So they're like under glass. Oh, <laughs> that is awesome. It's amazing. Oh, I so how do they attach to the computer? Clearly uh-huh. not USB because. Uh, well, uh, yes, actually. Really? It's indirectly. Oh. Yeah, it's called. So you a- have a USB. RS-232 interface or something? Yeah, pretty much. It's a, so I, I have a, what is it, a Roland UM-1, which is, yeah, basically a, a USB MIDI interface. So you plug that into your USB port, and then you plug the, the RS-232. I think it's RS-232, the MIDI, MIDI cable. Or maybe it's not. Anyways, whatever the MIDI cable is. Is it round or is it? Yeah, it is round. Key? So I think okay. it is it it's is RS- straight MIDI. Yeah. Yeah. Because the RS-232, wasn't that the old keyboard, big keyboard it was like connector? A yeah. It's, it's like the a big, big printer cables? It's like the big, it's a big five, six prong in a circle, um, circular thing. Yeah, yeah no, that's like that's that. a MIDI connection. Yeah, and so it's a RS-232. MIDI connection. RS-232, remember old printer, you know, that giant connector that printers Oh, the big, it's, it, so it wasn't yeah. round. Right. That, that was one that RS had like a little, the, it was kind of like a little Cardi's thing that's spat out of the middle. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it's, well, it uh, it was pins. It was like an a, a Atari joystick thing, but instead of nine pins, it was like 32. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember yeah. that. And I had the big that, clips it, on either it was, side. It was very much like the joystick port on some sound cards, which I think also could be a MIDI in. I, I I would guess that's why it's there. And then the, the game makers were just like, hey, we can hook a joystick up to that. Yeah, something. I think that was the intention because they were always on sound cards. But yeah, this is just that straight up round MIDI MIDI cable yeah, MIDI connection. Exactly. And, and I haven't fun. had a dedicated sound card in a machine for. I still mm, have one. I have time. a I have a Sound Blaster XFi card that I've had for ten years. Still, yeah, I had one, great. but I just got it out of the box last time I rebuilt it because it was just like this is serving no purpose because the the on motherboard sound was as good as anything, and then I've got a I USB like having, headset. I like having a dedicated card. I don't know why. I, I I enjoy it, but um, but yeah, the fun thing was when I got the SC55, you got to get another MIDI cable and set it all up just right because then they both kind of work at the same time. <laughs> Which yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of ways to go about that. The The most straightforward way is you could have gotten another one of those USB MIDI cables. But then there's like confusion because Windows, especially Windows 8 and up, or actually Windows, yeah, so Windows 10 really doesn't support it at all. Where like back in the day, you could like go into Windows and set up your MIDI mapper and choose your MIDI device and all this stuff. And in Windows 7, I think they started getting rid of it. And there was this little app that you could download that was basically like a little control panel applet that some guy hacked together because the MIDI interface setup was actually still in there. It just wasn't exposed anymore. And then in Windows 8, it just totally went away. Oh, weird. 
yeah, I don't know. Like Microsoft is like, meh, we don't, we don't want to support this crap anymore. So for people like us, it makes life a little more difficult. So whenever you had like the, the normal sound card in the box, plus this thing hooked up to MIDI and maybe the, the other thing. So you had like a daisy chain of three things that were hooked up. So how did you keep the, the, uh, the interrupts and what what were the the things that that mattered? You had the IRQ and the DMA. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, IRQ seven, DMA one. Yeah, how'd you keep that stuff from stepping on each other? So you'd have one on seven, one on five. Yeah, and basically it was just it was just that it was a juggling act, right? If you had too many too many devices installed, you sort of had to pick and choose, right? Yeah, because I had to disable my internal modem to get my sound card to work at one point because it was like they both insisted they were going to be seven and I could not get the modem to go over to anything but and it was just like oh geez and then I get reminded of that anytime I set up old games from from good old games that are using DOS box because then it's just like oh yeah set up your card you know 751 it's like oh god I remember this stuff but I think that's why everybody holds Windows 8 SE in such high regard because I think it was the first windows that actually kind of got you out of IRQ hell because it, it actually kind of could assign it, yeah. devices. Yeah. And then XP perfected that and, you know, it was widely loved by everybody. So let's go back a little bit, um, before we, um, dive into some specific, specific pieces of hardware that, uh, people have asked us to talk about. Uh, Joe, we'll start with you. What was your actual first computer? My actual first computer, I guess, would be uh, would be an Apple II, but not not a real Apple II. It was like one of those <laughs> fake ass like clones yeah, that yeah, that Steve Franklin. Jobs outlawed when when he came back to Apple. You had a Franklin, son. Oh yeah, it was. It was I a mean, Franklin Ace. Yeah, and I actually like I have I don't have a lot of memories from when I was like because this must have was been it, when I was like five was or it, six or something. Was it black? It was like it wasn't beige. It was like brown, and it was like light brown case with a dark brown keyboard. Uh, okay, because there was, was there was black Franklins, and then there was like a chocolate brown one. Yeah, it must have been. I don't even know if it was. I can't even remember what it was. I don't even know if it was a Franklin. It was. It was something. And yeah, my my dad brought it home, and he was like doing. My dad was a programmer back in the day. He used to work for airlines, and he built like fuel management systems and stuff in like DBase three and. And whatever, and yeah, he brought this thing home ostensibly to you know do work and and make money, and whatever. But you know there there were games on it like Load Runner and Trolls Tale, which I didn't realize until very recently was a Sierra game, and you know a bunch of stuff like that. So that was uh, where I uh, where I kind of got my start. We had a, a Zenith uh, monochrome, you know, green and black monitor, and oh, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Two disc drives. That was crazy town. Oh yeah, because then oh, sometimes you didn't have to actually flip the disc over. Like if you're oh, playing you Wasteland, s- yeah, or Starflight, you don't have to swap mm-hmm. that shit. Ah, oh. Jim, what about you? Um, what? What was your first computer? What was the original? Oh, the first computer, uh, Texas Instruments TI-994A, nice. with the uh, speech synthesizer, which was awesome because I could play Parsec and it would talk to me. Um, and that wasn't so a was- calculator, people. That's an actually a computer. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. I had that. Buddy of mine had a Commodore one twenty eight, and uh, I later my my next machine after the TI I got an Atari eight hundred 
that led me to a Commodore 64 when I was in the Army because um, there was actually software for that. It was like, it, man, if you had an Atari, good luck trying to buy any games or anything for that thing because it was... You had, you had to type them in out of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, freaking family computing. Like, you bust your ass for two days, and then you find out, oh, it's a jack-o'-lantern that winks at me. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. My first was um, TRS-80. But not the the big TRS eighty. It was the pocket. It was the um, it was about the size of a um, hardcover book, hardback hardcover book. Um, but it only ran basic, and it ran games off a cassette tape drive. <laughs> and oh yeah, that's where I first well, that played. Was, that like, was my Lunar TI too, right? It was cassette yeah. tape. I never had a hard drive or oh, sorry, floppy drive for that thing. Yeah, Did one you ever of my, see the floppy my drive for the TI. Google it. It's huge. It's like it's like a a, a Winnebago. With Did it take like five inch discs or something? No, it was a standard three and a quarter. But the case that it was in, it was like one slot of ten was occupied by the drive, and I guess the it was an expansion bay, right? But they never came out with anything else that you could stick in it. So <laughs> it was like you just had this thing that took up your whole desktop. A friend of mine actually had one. It was it was massive, and it was solid steel too. Man, that thing probably weighed fifty pounds. You could have ran over it with your car, and it wouldn't have felt it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like some people in the chat. Their first computer was a three eighty six or a four eighty six, which is that sounds about right. I mean, a lot of people I think were starting to get into computers around the early to mid nineties, which is when well, you I think have it was like Wolfenstein three D, and a lot Doom of people. Were like, oh my yeah, god, I yeah. gotta have a computer. Doom. So Win- that's Win what Commander. broke me off the Amiga. Yeah. It was it was XCOM and Doom, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, Doom I could tolerate, you know, whatever, but. Uh, then I'm like looking at XCOM and I'm just like, oh my god, I have to play this. So all right, you know, and I cut out a. It was uh, remember Computer Shopper that used to be as big Absolutely. as a telephone. Yes. Oh now god, it's a pamphlet. yeah. Oh, that was the shit back then. Yeah. So I I found a. I oh man, talk about shopping hard. It was like <laughs> I, I I shopped till my eyes went crossed in that thing, <laughs> looking for what is the best like 486 DX 66, you know, that I can get with, oh man, I got to get like four megs of Ram in this thing. It's going to be insane. And, you know, so yeah. And it it was, uh, I forget how much this thing cost. It was like over a thousand bucks, you know, it was like $1,200 or something. And, And back then I was working for like six bucks an hour. So this was real money. And, yeah. Oh wow. How times have changed. Uh, <laughs> inflation. Um, but anyway, so I actually like cut the page out of computer shopper and taped it to my wall, like next Figure to your me. aspiration wall yeah, or whatever it's called. And I'm just like, this is what's happening. I'm good enough and I'm cool enough. And by God, I deserve this. <laughs> Stuart Smalley. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like my first computer was, was an Apple too, but the, it was probably my the three eighty six that I really kind of started understanding what was going on. Like aside from I want to play this game, so I have to do this thing. Like I, I got good at it around the three eighty six. Well, how many people in IT do you think got there because of games? Right? Because it's like, oh my god, I broke my shit again. How do I fix this? Right? And and it's like, well, you didn't have tech support to call. Right? So oh, it, was it was like, like you didn't out, have it. like you couldn't Google it. You couldn't do anything. It's just like right, yeah, I got to figure this out. It was like puzzle it out, man. Figure out what 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 does an IRQ even mean, right? Yeah, so like start maybe reading. you had a game manual that would sort of give you some vague instructions, but 
Yeah, yeah I wonder how many people actually like called the clue line, you know, <laughs> to, to help with like uh, hardware problems. Like, man, my IRQs are conflicting, and help. Like, sure, we'll spend two hours on you with the phone. It's only five bucks a minute for on the nine hundred number. <laughs> so, well, that's the business we could get into right now, man. Just get a nine hundred number tech support. Is this like you don't have a support contract, but we'll support anything. One nine hundred. Have an old uh, IBM eighty eighty six, like someone in uh, the Twitch chat. We can work with that. No does problem. It have, does it have a twenty meg hard drive? <laughs> oh my god! Remember how it is? Ca- all right, it's like we'll Google that for you. We'll Google <laughs> anything. One nine hundred. Whatever. One nine hundred. Can I Google that for you? God. My first hard drive was a twenty meg hard drive on a PS two. And that thing felt so cavernous back in the day. Like, I could put every game I own on this. This is amazing. And, oh, every, and every picture of Cindy Crawford that I downloaded from that BBS. That took 20 Absolutely. hours just to download <laughs> 10 pictures. I know, right? You're like 15 minutes hours. into it. And it's like, wait, I think I see a nipple. It's, it, was, yeah. it was almost as bad as watching, like, porn on the Scrambled channel. Yeah, the squiggly porn. <laughs> it's like, I thought I saw something. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fermin, Fermionace in Twitch had a similar experience that I did. I got, um, it was the IBM PS2 Model 25. It was the all-in-one. Do you remember that one? It was the one with the monitor and the two floppy drives underneath. Oh yeah. And at one point, I took out one of the floppy drives and replaced it with a 20 meg hard drive. I was banging on all cylinders in 1989, my friends. So Oh neat. my god. <laughs> the first, what about the first computer you ever built? yourself i'm a loser the first computer i ever built was like an athlon 64 like it took me i was in like undergrad when i built a computer finally like from the ground up yeah mine was an amd like k3 or something that i built i was a rebel man had to get away from that intel stuff and i felt what was that chip that it was oh god it was just junk it was like a cyrex or something that they oh, sold for a while. Oh, it was like the third oh, wheel. I know it was what you're like talking Grand about. X CPU. I remember. <laughs> no, oh. I think I think they were Cyrexes, and and it was just like not compatible with anything. And <laughs> it was like there was oh. Intel, AMD, and piece of shit. Yeah. Mine, so I felt mine, bad for anybody that bought those. Oh, mine was a. Um, I actually went to a class. Uh, I actually paid an instructor to teach me how to build my first PC that I built myself. It was a Pentium 120 that I overclocked to 125 and then fried a year later. And I will never nah. overclock. <laughs> I will never overclock ever again. But I, I will tell, I will tell you the first time I finally built that and then run, ran EF 2000 at max settings. Sweet. <sighs> Holy shit. That was the stuff. <laughs> oh, it was smooth, man. Oh yeah. Like, like Oh, I got like my frame rate in the double digits. This is oh, crazy. With that, with that, and that crazy- that's funny. That's something that we never remember, right? Like these old games. Like you go back and you play Wing Commander or whatever, and you know you're not getting like even on a kick-ass machine or you know if you jack DOSBox all the way up, you're not getting like 200 FPS. You're getting like 10, 15, kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's how it was meant to be. Yeah, well, and. I don't know, man. It's like we dealt with that, you know, so much video lag stuff in games. And, uh, you know, the rise of 3D, I think, made it better slash worse, uh, you know. But it, it's like I remember um, a thing that's currently up on Steam, right, is uh, 
uh, Jane's was it 1942, the the World War II Pacific, Pacific Air, thing. Pacific Air War. Yeah, Pacific Air War. That's mm. it. Um, yeah, so like playing Pacific Air War, well, you, it's in glorious 320 by 200 resolution, right? So one pixel plane off on the horizon, that's a big pixel. So yeah, you don't have any problems seeing that. It was, it was funny. They would like, in, in, because they couldn't make it any smaller, they would actually change the color to kind of fade it in. And, right, um, yeah. yeah, I remember it, that in like Aces of the Pacific or or uh, whatever. It's so you'd have like the dot, and then it would turn into like four dots. So you'd have like a little a little tail on top and two little wings, and then it would kind of yeah, eventually sort of mold itself into a very jaggy plane. But <laughs> yeah, but you got good, right? You were like, okay, well, there's there's like one pixel over to the left. That means he's facing you know this way <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like it worked. It, it got made really sense. good at predicting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's the thing about the Aces stuff, because it was Dynamics guys. that That's what they cut their teeth on, I think, was like Aces of the Pacific and that. Those games were so smooth, it was like butter. Like, like no other flight sims had frame rate like that. It was, it was craziness. Um, but they were like really light detail, right? There was no textures or anything. But, oh man, had a blast flying that stuff. Yeah, like to me it was the difference between like Wing Commander and X-Wing. I'll tell you, you know, though... Like- Pacific Air War is still my favorite World War II flight sim. Oh, it's a great game. Oh, my God. I mean, what other sim can you be an admiral and a pilot? Not many. Not many. No. Yeah, and (laughs) and why don't they – this is a thing that I've never understood, right? These old games, like it it took – oh, my God, how long for XCOM to actually get a remake? Because the the fan base tried and tried. You know, like so many people made knockoff – things of XCOM, but it was like nobody just made the damn game, right? It's like, well, it's like XCOM, but with clowns. You know, it's different. It's just like, just make the freaking game, right? Like, all the numbers are there. You, do you have the Microprose strategy guide? Every number in the game is revealed to you. Like, just code it, you know? Just, it's right there. Just make, yeah. it, make it run in, like, 1024 by 768. It'll be like the HD edition, and everybody will rejoice. But there's so many game things like what Brian was saying, like the 1942 Pacific Air War. That's a thing that I would think that some indie devs could sit down and study that game and just be like, yeah, we can knock this out in about three months and do it. You know, I mean, back then they had to write their own engine. You know, it's like now you got Unity. Just go go grab some airplanes and stick them in there and make them work. If, right? if someone kick-started a new 1942, I would, I would be there in a freaking heartbeat. I mean, Absolutely. I still play that sim every now and again, even with all its jankiness. It's still just, I love being the admiral and then go, hey, here's a fight. You want to join in? Do I? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you bet your ass I do. Click. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm a pilot now. Wee. Uh, I guess the only other game that let you do that was, what, Total Air War? Remember that one? I, don't, I never played Total Air War. Oh, Total Air War was great. Uh, you, there was you, like the you, trifecta of... Uh, of F-22 sims that came out, right? There's like F-22 Lightning and F-22 something. And well, then there, was I, there was IF-22. Don't forget digital. Don't yeah, forget that's that the one. one. IF-22, was IF-22 which and was great. F-22 Lightning from Nova and then, Logic. But there were, which but was DID, basically an arcade game. <laughs> yes. But then DID, don't forget, they did two F-22 games. First they did the standalone F-22 game, which had a yeah, linear do you remember campaign. F-29 Retaliator? That oh, was yeah. the first game. Yeah, was that yeah, yeah. 1989, 1990? Was that one? Yeah. 
That was yeah. hot shit for back then, man. That was unbelievable graphics. It was just uh, call your mom in the room, show her this thing. It's crazy. <laughs> man, I still remember like Jet, like Sublogic's Jet and stuff like that from back in that day, back in those days. Oh, man. But there are people in the chat talking about a lot of their old hardware. Like they apparently had old motherboards that would like, wouldn't work properly unless they did the contacts exactly right or something. Like, was hardware that janky back then? It feels it, like hard- it was no. pretty. It was pretty janky. Like, it, I, I remember. Yeah. You know, you asked. Like, I, the one thing I remember. Like, I never. It took me a long time to actually build a computer. But you know, we all got like modems and sound cards and yeah. and all kinds of. Because there was, you know, there was no onboard anything. If you wanted something, you had to get you know a, a PCI card or a, or like I said before, an ISA card or. Or whatever, and I got at one point. I think it was a Sound Blaster 16, and I went home to put it in probably probably my 486 DX266, which was like my that's like my favorite gaming computer that I ever had. Like that's the one when I think back to like, oh yeah, what's what's the best computer I ever had? It was that 486 DX266 because all my friends had 486 DX33s, oh, and I had yeah. the DX266. I had the monster yeah. machine. Would you play Until Wing Command? Would you play Wing Commander and Privateer to like balls to the wall on that thing? Actually, I mean, just Privateer, Privateer two, One. Well, just Privateer you can't one. really play Sorry. Privateer Two balls to the wall because it's boring. But <laughs> Sorry, I meant Privateer One. I meant Privateer yeah, pri- One. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I meant Wing Commander Two because that was like the 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 epic one. And then yes. High Fighter, right? You could turn on that garage shading. Garage shading. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, and the, so you turn that on, and then it had like a higher <laughs> res. So it was what, like three twenty by two hundred default, but then you could take it up to six forty by four eighty if you had a Super monster rig. VGA, yeah, yeah. So it was like when I got my Pentium sixty, it was like, oh yeah, I'm checking that box. Boom, Tie Fighter in six forty. Oh my god, it's glorious. It was, or it was like uh, it was almost like Annie aliasing. Yeah, I was trying. I'm trying to. I think I got my after that. I got a Pentium. 200 which was nice and i can't remember if it was the 486 that this wing commander 3 would have been pentium days, was it pentium 2 200 because if you remember no, the pentium 2 it was like a damn atari cartridge or a nintendo tape which i loved i loved that by the way <laughs> I'm, no, I'm it, it was a pentium one but yeah had a neck pentium pentium 200 but uh Oh yeah, so I would play Wing Commander three on that, and you could play it in in three twenty by two hundred or six forty by four eighty. And for some reason, when I would switch when I would switch it into SVGA six forty by four eighty, the my my sound would go janky. I don't know if it was like too much for everything to handle, so the my sound would start going like like it would get super choppy. And so I basically had to choose: did I want the game to look good or sound good? <laughs> oh man. So much memory. So, folks, one, like I was saying earlier, one of the reasons I wanted to do this particular show is because I'm loving having older hardware. Like my joystick is 12, 14 years old, and the MT32 came out in 1987. Is that right, I think? I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah, and then the SC55 came out in, what, 91, 92? I think. And this is like it's funny. So this this MT thirty two, it was like a total fluke, as I understand it. Like this thing was designed. So it's it's MT thirty two is is was it multi tonal right. or multi timber thirty two, and what this was supposed to be used for, if I remember right, I might get the details wrong. But this thing, you if you had a Roland keyboard, 
You know, it had a certain number of instruments and sound channels and whatever. And so you would buy this MT32 and you would plug it into your Roland keyboard and it would give you, I can't remember if it was 32 more channels or 32 more instruments that you could play through your Roland keyboard. And that's what it's for. Like, it is not for uh, computer game audio. Oh, I know. But it it really took off because of Sierra. Sierra mm-hmm. like made native support with it with a lot of their big games. And yeah, and I know uh, my buddy Trolls over. He's uh, the Space Quest historian. He's interviewed multiple times. He's actually like buddies with uh, Ken Allen, who's the the, uh, the composer on like Space Quest Four and oh. you know, a bunch of games like that. And he basically said the way it worked they, at Sierra is they would they would um, compose to the MT32. And so they all had MT32s on their desks at Sierra. They're like, it was friggin' awesome. And uh, so they would compose to that, and then they would basically downgrade everything to, like, you know, down to the Sound Blaster and the Ad Lib and, and everything else. So it was sort of, it was like the, 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 the high end. If you wanted the music the way it was meant to be heard, the way it was composed, you had to listen to it on the MT32. Oh, well, see, they should have had you as their spokesman because they could have sold us those back then. Because otherwise, it was just like, it's just freaking expensive. I don't know what the difference is. If only I was. I don't don't have a keyboard. (laughs) I don't need that MIDI crap. But yeah. So, folks, just to understand what we're talking about, I'm going to play some sounds for you. Yay. Um, First, we're going to do Master of Orion to talk about what the MT32 sounds like. So, are you going to play like with and without? Yes. Kind of thing. So yeah, I'm actually. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually setting up Master of Orion right now to run the uh, what what most DOS box games run is the standard Sound Blaster 16. Yeah. Now, if Wargaming.net wanted to get it right, then they should have actually had some Roland support in their new version of Master of Orion, right? That so would be that awesome. you know, so it, for those like five people out there, that it would tickle. Yes. Can you imagine, like, old-school Master of Orion? It's like, hey, you get the collector's edition, it's the soundtrack on another floppy disk. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'm trying to get Master of Orion 2 to run with the Sound Blaster right now. Yeah, that's always the funny part, is you gotta kind of, like, go in and futz with the settings. And there we go. Can you hear that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Okay, that was Master of Orion with the Sound Blaster uh, going. Now Which, yeah, it's nice, awesome. whatever. Yeah, it's it's all right. You know, nothing wrong with it. But now let me set it up so it'll run the MT32, which I'm excited about because I have one. I love having one. My favorite part is the little screen. I lo- I like things with little blinky lights. Working. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Oops. I had to set that up. Uh yeah, one of the great things, folks, about the MT thirty two is that when ga- when certain games run it, it'll say like Star Control or it'll say Microprose F one seventeen A, you know. <laughs> and that's a to- that's a total hack. 
Like they, they, you can say, I can't remember if it's like diagnostic messages or something, but there was this little utility that they could do to, to affect the screen, but it wasn't anything that was ever really supposed to be used. Yeah. Well, it's, I love how it's used. I love watching the, uh, the MT32 screen going off. Now this should work because I just saw it go off and I think the MIDI light, yeah, the MIDI light's going. It's got a little MIDI light. Now just check this out, my friends. Oh my God. It's just, I don't know why Master of Orion takes so long to load. <laughs> it's like, this game is 23 years old. Why does it take so long? More cycles, more dust box. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. So this is the same music. Oh, I love it. And that little screen is going like, bass drum, bass drum, explosion. Oh, yeah, it's totally like all firing on all cylinders right now. That is a hell of a difference. I've never heard that before. It's so much richer. It's just like it's, it's crazy. so much richer. It's amazing how how much better this sounds with the actual hardware. So, like, oh my God. what about in DOSBox? Like, when I emulate something, if I pick the Roland, am I going to get this? Uh, if you actually have a Roland, yeah. Or you can also... No, I mean, well, doesn't it emulate it? Because DOSBox, like, you pick whatever, no, it's, right? No, it's using the Roland. Right, it's, but what I'm saying is, would, why does it not just emulate a damn Roland in DOSBox? Why could they not do that? You it's, can It's, do it's that. actually illegal. What? Oh, well. So that whole, all that, because you know, there's like Munt and, and all these other things, and they could do a certain amount, but what you actually need to make this work properly, like I think uh, ScumVM actually has Roland uh, emulation, which is pretty good, but uh, what you really needed was the, the ROM files off of the MT32. So you could get a bunch of utilities that would emulate it, but you had to somehow get the files off of an MT32, the ROMs. And uh, and put them into a directory, and then some of these emulators could actually use it. So you know you could get them illegally, but technically oh, wow. you couldn't. You actually had to get. It's like it's like no, no, I own all these Nintendo tapes, really. I... All right, so folks, here's another test. Um, this is Tie Fighter with the uh, Sound Blaster emulated music. Oh, this shit's gonna make. You know, oh, that's the tester. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, it's the tester. Not bad, right? You know, sounds pretty okay. Now, hang on, let me set it up for the um, the, uh, the the uh, the MIDI. So this is MT thirty two or or the other one? We shall see. Sorry, hang on. Yeah, it's all good. This is delicate work. Did you hear nice. that? What? <laughs> what? Holy crap. It's a different world on Roland. So was that the MT-32 or the SC-55? That was the SC-55. Yeah. Actually, it was both. The interesting thing about this game is if you have both running, they have slightly different instruments at the same time, so it sounds even fuller when you have the volume up on both. Yeah, so this is funny, because the way... We didn't talk about this in detail, but... The way 
I have mine set up, and I guess you, Brian, you also have yours set up because we only have one MIDI audio, one MIDI port on this USB thing. Is that they're daisy chained together? So the SC55 exactly. has uh, a through, a MIDI through port. So basically, you plug the MT32 into the MIDI through on the SC55, and then you plug the SC55 into the actual audio port. And if you want to run the MT32, you have to have both machines on and the SC55 muted. But I've also I've found that sometimes if you run both of them, it actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. So hang on a second. Yeah, let's run them both. So that's digital audio, if I'm not mistaken. This is both of them going. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's, it's weird, but it's cool. This is without the M32. Pity doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Now Heratori says if you really want to show the difference, <clears throat> we should play the Red Baron intro. Let if you've got it. it, it he's right. I've got Red Baron. Oh, absolutely. Hang on a second. Yeah, I want to hear Wing Commander as well. Oh, or the rolling. What is? We got to hear some, uh, some, some. Of the fat man. Okay, one second. <laughs> but yeah, do Red Baron first if you can. I gotta get the sound set up in that one. Give me a second. Yep, yep, yep. So while he's doing that, let's talk about video cards. Though. Yeah. All right, because now, you know the. ATI and NVIDIA and whatever generation and just doesn't really make a huge difference. Like people can be like, oh, well, it's got, you know, X gajillion shader pipes in it. And the other one had like 10 less, whatever. Right. But back in the day, the difference between like a Voodoo, a Voodoo 2, the Voodoo Extreme, you know, whatever, they went clear up to like Voodoo 5000 or some <laughs> crap. And they, and, uh, and then at some point, Riva TNT showed up. And just beat its launch. Well, that's Red Baron. Oh, it's got the harmony. figure that out one second <laughs> <laughs> so that was the mt32 right that was that was totally the mt32 yeah because that sounded pretty wicked right oh my god folks i gotta tell you having this old hardware you don't use it for every game but if you if you're into retro gaming uh, this is the shit you guys Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun, and it sounds so great. And you're like, I couldn't afford this when I was 20, but I can afford it now. Woo! <laughs> and, and, and also, that's not to, like, put down any of the other stuff. Like, there's some games that sound really, really great in, uh, like, in, in AdLib. Because, like, AdLib is, like, super kind of, like, you know, first-gen first sort of digital 
audio synthesis type cards. And uh, what is it? It's the the original uh, Dune, not Dune Two, not the RTS, but like the weird European one. If you've ever heard that soundtrack in Adlib Gold, it is it's amazing. Really? Yeah. God, I have no yeah. idea how to change the sound in Red Baron. Uh, depend. You should just be able to use run the installer. Depending, I don't know if if the GOG version has an installer. You might have to do it the crappy way. Oh, it might. Hang on a second. I think I have to set something up. Um, it might be inst.exe. Oh, it guys, may well be. Dealing with these old games, I'll tell you, it is a it is a joy, but it can also be a chore. <laughs> but that's how it was, right? That's how it always was. It's totally how it was. Completely and utterly. Yeah, like I was talking about Aces of the Pacific before and i also remember that was that was the game that taught me how about you know extended memory and upper memory blocks and all that because it needed something like 603k of conventional memory available to actually start the game oh god yeah and so you literally like i'm sitting there i'm like okay do i need a mouse driver? Do I really need a mouse driver? No, I don't need a mouse driver. And oh, do I need uh, this? And do I need that? And it was like playing with Lego, right? You're like, okay, well, I got, I got this driver that's like 10k. This driver that's 2k. This driver that's 5k. And I've got this much spec. I got 64k in upper memory. So how many things can I fit in that 64k to free up as much conventional memory as possible? And what don't I need to install at all? And it was just like, yeah, it was like just this puzzle. Because you had all these pieces that were different sizes, and you had to find which ones fit in this 64K block <laughs> in the most effective manner. Okay, one second. I'm trying to get this mm. to run. Nope, didn't work. Boo. Anyways, we heard the good one. Anyway, yeah, I can't... I you Sometimes GOG Galaxy gives you a link to run the setup program. Uh, this time they didn't. <laughs> for some reason and I'm having issues running it in my usual DOS box launcher so anyway so yeah um, having this old hardware like, I don't know about you but it's like the older I get the more back I go on hardware like with my joystick for example I had a really fairly modern Satek rig until, until it started dying and then I went back to the, the, the uh, several years to the uh, Sidewinder here and it still fucking works. Oh, some stuff's they're built like tanks. Yeah, like you know about my keyboard, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so let's take a look at some of the hardware that people mentioned um on Twitter and Facebook and all that. Let's... Ah, yeah, many people because I asked them what like their favorite bits of hardware were that they remember. Um Oh, is the stream? Not running? Shit. But if I see it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. Hang on, let me check. I see video on YouTube. Freaking restream. Restreamio. Oh, man, it's offline. No, it's online. Hang on, it says it's live. Uh, refresh, yeah, refresh, yeah. because... Uh, Maybe it hiccuped a second and. One second. Well, if the stream isn't running, how are they supposed to hear you tell them to refresh? 
That's why I'm typing it out. Um, no, we have a, a lot of people, when I asked them what their favorite uh, hardware was, a lot of people said the original Sound Blaster and Voodoo cards. And those, I mean, yeah, we had 3D accelerators and sound cards before those two, but it's like those two were the ones that, like, changed the game. You know, do you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. you, had a, you had other cards that, you know, like you had AdLib and you had Rendition and whatnot. But then Voodoo came along and Sound Blaster came along. And it's just like, oh, this is the standard now because this is just better. <laughs> like, the Well, first- I remember that. Like the first time I got a sound, like, but my first sound card was like, I think it was called like a Sound Wonder. It was like a Sound Blaster <laughs> emulator, like generic ass, like crap thing. But... You know, it made me like the first thing I did when I got the sound card was I went home, I I jammed it in the computer, you know, as, as best I could, and and uh, I found some old speakers because I didn't have any, you know, even getting speakers was like a challenge at that point, and you had to see depending on like if your sound card like this one had actually a little amp in it, so I didn't need powered speakers, but uh, yeah, and so I went back and I just started and I installed Wing Commander again, and I you know playing Wing Commander for the first time with sound. Holy crap, like wow, a totally different game, right? Yeah, I know. Like I had an ad lib card, and that was nice, you know, for Wing Commander One and whatnot, but then I got I don't know if you guys remember this, the big ass Sound Blaster R thirty two that like you oh, had yeah, to I have had a you had to have a huge case just to just to uh just to fit. Cause that thing that thing was almost as long that thing was super long, you guys. It was like motherboard long. It yeah, was, that's like my my current video card. My my GTX 1070 is eleven and three quarters Jesus. inches long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And remember, the auth had its own. The AW had a 32 had its own memory chip slots. Like yeah. you can add memory to the card. <laughs> oh, and man. some people say it did MT32 emulation as well as an actual MT32. But it I also don't know if I believe a- it. Well, it also had its own MIDI uh, MIDI thing. Like, there are some games, like, I think TIE Fighter was one of them that supported the R32 natively. Yeah. Yeah, and it had all... That's where, when you started getting into things like sound fonts and... Oh, and God, sound of stuff fonts. Like that. Yeah, I remember that came on a disc or something, like an actual CD-ROM. Yeah, it's like, God. play this game with this sound font, and it sounds like you're... Blah, blah, blah. And that's when you can mess with things and, and you know, set things... Oh, hey, it sounds like it sounds I'm like, in It sounds like you're in a sewer pipe. Yeah, which is supposed <laughs> to be concert hall. <laughs> It's concert hall or bathroom. Speaking of that, reminds me uh, CDs. I f- completely forgot about cartridge loading CD-ROM drives until the other day. Oh yeah, that was my first CD-ROM. The one that I ran Mist on and shit was one of those cartridge loading. And God help you if you lost that damn cartridge because you were useless were then. Fucked. You were just fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah, my uh, my friend. So the first three eighty six I ever I ever saw, one of my friends got it, and that was I actually borrowed wing commander from him and that was like the first time i played wing commander i saw it at his house on this 386 and i had a 286 at the time and i didn't think that my computer could run wing commander because i basically looked at this game and said my computer computer games can't look like this like it looks too good to be a computer game oh god i know right like you play wing commander one you're like because the first time i don't know about you but the first time i ever saw an ad for wing commander it was like it showed your hand in the cockpit, like, you know, the virtual hand. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, it's, it's the last Starfighter game I've been wanting since the movie came out, you know? 
And I didn't get to see that hand because I didn't have extended memory. Oh no! So you just had the bl- <laughs> oh no! I I oh I've seen that. I just saw, I just saw two legs and a and a big oh. space. <laughs> God, it's it's so weird though because Free Space Two has spoiled me. It's like I don't want a cockpit. Turn this shit. Oh, I can't turn this off. God damn it! I can't <laughs> see anything. I can't see anything with this cockpit here. Turn it Take off. Away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, someone in the chat mentioned something about a modem and a sound card at the same time. What was that thing called? The Whoa. sound 144 AM on a Packard Bell. Because apparently it was it was an integrated card. It was two things in one. Wow. Yeah, so you'd hear the handshake noise through your speakers. <laughs> oh, God, I, I don't miss that handshake noise, but sometimes I miss that handshake noise. I, I miss it, but I, it was always the worst when you're like, oh, I'm I'm up late and it's like I got out of bed and I really want to go on the modem. And then you're like your parents are sleeping and, and you're trying to you're putting your hand yeah. over the computer so that they don't hear that. <laughs> no, the best is when you, like I got my own phone line eventually at my at my grandparents house because so many times I'd be on the modem and all of a sudden I hear Brian. No, Brian. <laughs> Shit! To put the phone down, mom. <laughs> Jesus! That's often too when you're about three hours into a floppy disk download, right? <laughs> like I'm almost done test drive three. Just stop! Just stop! <laughs> oh yeah, and if you weren't downloading with with Z modem batch, oh, that, that was resumable. Oh yeah, or if Kermit, you were on, on Kermit. Kermit all the way, <laughs> you're dead. Start over. But you know, I don't know. I, I got the worst case of trumpet windsock right now. oh my god oh so yeah a lot of people mentioned those two cards now for me the the big one was the voodoo like i don't know if you guys remember this but cannabis remember cannabis like the a lot of smoke a lot of cannabis oh god (laughs) um the first voodoo cards were only four megabytes but cannabis released the pure 3d which was six remember that and, yeah, because I had a Voodoo One, and it's like a it was like a, a a daughter card, and you actually would I you had this little like VGA cable that you would plug oh, your the, plug your 2D card into the Voodoo, and then you'd plug your monitor into the Voodoo. The Voodoo Two was the same way. The Voodoo yeah. Two were daughter cards, and you could have two of them. And, and SLI, baby. Oh Sweet. my god, SLI. Ah, oh, those are the days, folks. On the chat, I'm build. I'm slowly building. Probably after the wedding. A legacy PC. I just got a Voodoo Two cards. That's my first purchase for this thing. I feel like I should have known that SLI means scalable link interface. Yeah, because it would it would one card would take one set of lines, and then the other card would take the other set of lines, and they would mesh together. (laughs) It would be the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) Oh God. But uh, let's see, what's some of the other uh, pieces of hardware? Oh, a lot of people mentioned Amigas. Jim, you were talking about uh, Amiga earlier. Which Amiga oh, yeah, did Amigas you have? with a business, man. Which Amiga did you have? 500. Um, yeah, cause I never had one. I know a lot. Yeah, I, I wasn't an Amiga guy. I was yeah, I wasn't either. And I swear, every Amiga fan I knew was always angry. Because every time I told them what I was playing on the PC, they were like, ah, the Amiga version's so much better. You should own an Amiga. I'm like, whatever, man. All the games are on the PC. I've got three voices on my PC speaker. (laughs) (laughs) 
unless you had one, unless you had a Tandy. Remember, remember the my first DOS computer was a Tandy 1000EX, and it had a special three thing speaker or something. And certain games would have like different speaker sounds. It would be like yeah, Sentinel you like you could select it was Sound Blaster, PC speaker, Tandy, or no. Sound this Blaster. is even this is even before that. This is even before AdLib. This is like late eighties. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Tandy. Ooh, Tandy is a thing. Oh God, remember Tandy? Remember I always remember seeing the tan- the Tandy at Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah. Just remember- right in the door and always playing like some little kiosk demo thing. That's where, that's where yep. I first got Starflight. Was a Radio Shack. Ah. I got my I got my Tandy one thousand EX with the built in five and a quarter inch floppy drive, and Starflight for the same Christmas. And yeah, I stayed in my room for about two weeks, just yeah. playing Starflight. I know. I used to do dumb shit just to get sent to my room. I'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> go to your room." Yes. All right. Yes. Success. Because back then, your 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 guardians didn't understand that that wasn't a punishment anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so let's see what's some of this other shit. So yeah, some people mentioned um, the Amiga twelve hundred and the three thousand. I think when I was in high school, I had a, I was in a video class and we were using I think the Amiga three thousand for video production. Cool. Back in the day. And I remember playing Lynx on that thing, and it was nicer than the DOS version, and I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> remember when there were golf games? Remember when that was Lynx, a thing? Yeah, still Lynx are, 386. There, there are still golf games, are there? Yeah, there's uh, Jack Nicholas Perfect Golf on Steam. It's like what? still in early access. No, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, and it's a, it's a callback to the ye old days, right? Yeah, it's good. I own it. And I'm sure there's like a Tiger Woods something or other. No, man. Ever since he ever since he backed over them. the mailbox, he's been gone. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, but from back in the day when he was like cool and no one knew about his shenanigans. Well, yeah, it was all the EA stuff, right? But yeah. I don't know. They they never quite got the swing mechanics right on that stuff. But I remember um, Microprose made a golf game that was just the business, you know, because it actually had like a lot of. Uh, a lot of ball motions. Oh yeah! And so it, it was had, like the, 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 the flyby Lynx, camera on the ball. Yeah, Lynx was like the three-click deal, right? Yeah, wasn't who made that? Like Apogee or something? No, uh, it was some. It was its own thing. It was its own company. I don't even remember. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, golf games. Wow, there there was one because they had the swing meter, right? So it's just like uh, you you draw the club back and you click and then. Whenever it gets like in the middle, you have to click again. So it was like a timing thing, right? But then there was one that they actually um, they used the mouse, so you would have to actually like uh, shove the mouse up the desk in a straight line. It was almost like playing shuffle puck golf. Oh, Lynx was by Access Software, the, the Tex Murphy folks. Okay, yeah, Access. That was it. At least I think they're the Tex Murphy folks. Yeah, they are. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's too uh, bad that golf and full motion video like Tex Murphy didn't come together, right? So then you'd have like Arnold Palmer's Extreme Golf, and, and it would be like an hour of actual Arnold Palmer. It'd be <laughs> like the Pete Bonani thing in Falcon, where they, you know, it's like taking you through air combat maneuver training with the, the two the two model planes on sticks. No, the best the best was Chuck Yeager's Air Flight Trainer, I think it was called, and like when you would crash, he'd like totally shit talk you be like that's the worst <laughs> landing i've ever seen you know this black and white like heart horribly like it looked like it came off a dot matrix printer image of chuck yeager like looking all surly and shit like yeah you suck 
<laughs> Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> You're my hero. I love you. Don't stop it. <laughs> but yeah, what happened to Amiga? Getting back on that. Because I never had one. And then eventually they just kind of disappeared. Like, does it, what, do you guys know what happened? Like, did DOS, was DOS and Windows and just the PC, was it that dominant that it killed off the Amiga? Must um, I think I think so. Yeah, and the, and Commodore made some pretty bad business decisions in the final moments too. I keep forgetting that it's that the Amiga is a Commodore. I do too. I completely, I completely forget that. Yeah, the, it was the Commodore Amiga. I just remember it as the Amiga. That's right. You know, the only reason I want to play the Amiga now is because there's like some ports I want to try. Like I want to try Starflight on the Amiga. And apparently you can buy this amazing emulator that's like $30 that gives you like an honest-to-goodness full Amiga experience or something. All right, so I'm a big dork. So Commodore was founded in 1954 in Toronto, where I am currently what? sitting. Wait. That's, that's what Wikipedia says. Commodore has been around that long? Yeah, Commodore International, the like electronics company. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. I had no idea. It's pretty goddamn amazing, actually. The company would become Commodore Business Machine, which which was found it was founded in 1954 in Toronto as the Commodore Portable Typewriter Company. That sounds interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, and but but yeah, I remember like I remember for a long time there was a huge like battle between Commodore and PC. It was like Commodore 64 slash 128 was kind of the dominant gaming machine for a while. Like, I never had one, but I know a lot of people who did. Oh, yeah, we had family friends that lived and died by their Commodore. We had our, we had our Apple II, and my dad had his, P, his 8088, you know, the PC that he used for, for serious business. And, you know, we had the Apple II to play, and then the other, by our, the, our family friends had the Commodore 64, and their games were way better. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was only when I saw some games on... on the uh, the sixty on the sixty four one time I'm like wow I kind of want one of these but there's so many games for my PC like I don't I don't want to double dip on like F nineteen Stealth Fighter you know <laughs> just to run it on a Commodore <laughs> yeah and the Commodore sixty four had that 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 SID audio chip that sounded really great for the time oh at the time yeah that sounded amazing so much better than anything that was on the PC at the time even Tandy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god uh, according to Heratorian YouTube chat they went bankrupt Commodore went bankrupt mostly because IBM was lax with their PC patents so everyone and their dogs started making IBM PC compatible computers makes well, sense thank, thank god thank god they were because <laughs> aside from that one that first uh, the, 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 the PC that, that my dad had that I basically you know was allowed to occasionally like type a story <laughs> on uh, I wasn't allowed on, to use it because it was on, for work. Yeah, he typed it on WordPerfect. Word yeah, or whatever. Like or he had like some. Whatever. Yeah, and um, you know, aside from that, I never. That was the only IBM that I ever actually had. The rest were just like clones and home builds, and we were weird because I don't know how it worked. But my dad, until our Pentium, would always somehow get computers, but we never actually paid for them. I'm not sure how that worked, but Mafia. they would just show up. Could yeah, probably. Mafia. I am Italian. I was gonna say you got that you got the name for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. Uh, please, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to worry about the Canadian mafia. I really don't. 
I know guys over there on that coast, you know. <laughs> They'd have to come down across the border, but I'm sure yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> the Vancouver family's going to come and see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I go up there and maybe see a, a taping of Supernatural or Supergirl or or one of the other billion shows that are recorded in Vancouver? <laughs> Hey, the dollar's good, so... <laughs> That's true. May it stay that way, at least for, until the election's over. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Oh, but, uh, yeah, uh, someone else mentioned... Uh, Jim, you mentioned earlier the uh, Texas Instruments computer. Was it the TI-99? Yeah. Someone now, there was up? also another computer. It wasn't a TI. I don't know who the heck made this, but it, well, it was in Radio Shack, right? So it was a, it was a Radio Shack something portable computer. But it was like a giant calculator. It was a calculator with a full keyboard on it. I owned it. I owned it. it oh, was the that fir- thing was glorious, man. It was the first thing that I had a modem with, and it was a 300-baud modem. But the only way it could use it was with an acoustic coupler. Remember those? Uh-huh. <laughs> the War Games thing? You know, where you yeah, take the you receiver. Yeah, you had to put the phone receiver on the thing. You had to put the phone receiver on the fucking thing. But I tell you, man, the first time I used CompuServe with that thing, mind just fucking... Blown. <laughs> so it was. It wasn't the the TRS eighty. Oh no! So that was it. The model one no, hundred no, or something. It was, it was. It was a portable computer, but like it had this really small, dinky LCD display, and it can only use like built-in Tandy programs, so it couldn't do much. It couldn't run DOS or anything. It could mm-hmm. only run its own shit. But man, I took that thing everywhere and I would type little basic programs out on it and it had a couple of games. Like remember when you like remember when computer game magazines would actually come with games in the middle? That was like the centerfold was the basic for like an asteroids. You know, and you would type you would spend like five hours <laughs> typing that out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Five hours typing that out. And then all of a sudden, ooh, I've got my own little asteroids that I'm going to save to this floppy disk, this low-density floppy disk. And this is the one game this computer has. What? I'm going to look that up. Uh, give me a second. Tandy laptop. Give me a second. No, it existed. Um, but, my God. Because I'm finding like ten, the Tandy TRS-80 Model 100, which is sort of what you're talking about. Oh, but. wait a minute. Was that I it? think announced in eighty three. It was six hundred bucks. It had eight K of RAM, two point four megahertz. Sweet. Oh no, I had, had the t- I had the two hundred, which is the flip oh, up one. You know, it was the flip up one. Yeah. Ah. Uh, since 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 Sarf Ghost in YouTube chat asks about Jet Fighter two. Um, I only played Jet Fighter three. That was the first one I ever played. I don't think I played any of the Jet Fighters. They were pretty fun. They were on the no- they were on the Nova Logic side mm-hmm. of of arcadey, like silly Ace Combaty, you know, flight sims. They were fun. I think the only Nova Logic flight sims I played were were F twenty two Lightning and uh, Comanche Maximum Overkill. Oh, the F sixteen. Well, if you haven't played, played Comanche four, that's the yeah. best of them. It's on oh. Steam right now. Comanche four is great. Their F-16 and MiG-29 sims are actually pretty good, and they were meant to interlink together so you could fly them head Against head. each other, sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah, uh-huh. and they're also all on Steam. Oh, class. I would love it if the Jane sims eventually got a digital release. How fucking amazing would that be? 
Aren't they no. on GOG? No. No, fucking nothing. Not Longbow, not F-18, not Advanced Tactical, whatever's, you know, or Fighter Anthology. None of them. And it's, it's just, it, I, I own them all on disc, but getting them to work? <laughs> oh, no, see, I'm thinking of Falcon. The Falcon Collection is on uh which is, is exci- which is very exciting, which is very exciting because, you know, I mean, trying to get Falcon 4 for a long time, especially with that amazing manual, mm-hmm. uh, was a challenge. But, uh, Jim, someone on Facebook said they still have a TI-99, which is why I was mentioning the TI-99 earlier. Apparently, they still have one. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Like, I don't think – I think the oldest piece of computer equipment I have is this keyboard, is this – um. No, the MT-32 is older than the keyboard. Not by much. Not by much. The keyboard is 1989, but the MT-32 is 1987. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> so old. And yet they still work. How awesome is that? They made that stuff like tanks. Like, it was great. Yeah, I know. Not like today, where things are just flimsy and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, oh, Jim, oh, Jim, you wanted to hear Wing Commander. Let me play you that. Oh, yeah, we got to hear Wing Commander. No, that's, that's the in-flight music, not the, uh, not the intro. Here we go. Origin sound system, the M32 says. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Tuck, tuck, tuck. Jim, Jim, you're going to love this. This is amazing. Oh, if you've never heard it. Oh, here we go. Come on, man. It's got pew pew. I'd never heard pew pew before. Some some George Sanger. That is right there. Yeah, that's the fat man right there, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, that's crazy. Like I never heard like that pew pew laser stuff before. That was yeah. Yeah, right in the intro there where the hornet's shooting the is it a drowthy? Now I, I sadly you didn't get to hear the tick 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 because I hit a button, so let me just give you that for a second. One second. Oh yeah, the whole uh, origin sound system. Yeah, I'm gonna fireworks so let, intro. Yeah, because I hit the end key with my pedal, so hang on a second. Oh, man, it won't let me play it. I won't let you play it. Yeah, one second. You gotta, like, exit out and go back in. It's compelling radio right here, folks. Yeah, sorry, one second. <laughs> here it's on goes. the fly. I, just, I unmuted the mic so I wouldn't have to hit the button.
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Origin FX. There it is. Nice. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time I finally got to hear that with the actual hardware, and it's not easy to do that. There's like a fucking two billion things you have to do to get it to work with DOSBox, which is weird. Like in most DOSBox things, it's just, oh, change the MIDI thing to zero or whatever the USB thing is, and you're done. But with Wing Commander, you had to like change a bunch of shit. <laughs> but yeah, man, having the having that old hardware... Oh my god. I swear. I love having this old shit. So let's see. What's some of the other pieces of hardware people mentioned? Let me see. I'm trying oh, to yeah. remember weird stuff I had. Uh, the Atari- I mean, I know you had a whole episode on joysticks and stuff, but I really loved my Gravis Advanced. Oh yeah, someone actually brought up the Tandy Deluxe joystick. Remember that thing? Mm-hmm. With yeah. a little tiny red... It was like a kind of an Atari joystick, but it moved a lot more. And it had the little red button. Yeah, totally remember that one. Heritory is asking if I have the original Elite Frontier Elite 2 or First Encounters. I feel like original Elite would be way too old to support. Elite 2? Frontier might, but I don't have a copy of it on hand. At least, I mean, I have a copy of it, but not installed. So, that doesn't help. Um, but I think, uh, Hera on YouTube, there's actually a very nice article on Wikipedia, uh, if if you can't find it, I'll find it. But um, that lists all the games that support the MT32, and that might be one of them. But, like, when I first saw that list and it said Master of Orion, Master of Magic, all the Aces games, <laughs> Aces of the Pacific, Aces of the Atlantic, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I need to own one of these. And they're not hard to find, these, these MT32s. They're not hard to find. They're all over YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, not YouTube, look. eBay, eBay. They're all over eBay. Yeah. Or if you just want to hear how they sound, a lot of people do put up the, a lot of uh, comparison videos on YouTube. Yeah, I should probably do that. Um, but I swear, it's just, there's something really compelling about having this old hardware, especially when you deal with retro games like we do. You know, it's, it's just something. I mean, yeah, I could emulate General MIDI for TIE Fighter, and it sounds nice, but there's something about having the legacy hardware. That was that it was made for, you know. Well, I guess especially now, like we're really into like you know virtualization and virtual machines and everything being virtual. Like I was saying, even at work, you know, like um, up in the cloud, like spawning virtual servers and all that. It I think it, it's very interesting and very kind of like satisfying to have something that is attached to your computer, and when you do something on your computer, that external device does something. Like it just it's just cool. Sorry, one second. Yep. If anyone's interested, uh, CoverGirl Strip Poker supports the MT32. So Elite, um, Elite, <laughs> Elite Plus supports the MT32, but I'm not seeing anything about uh, Frontier. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Two of the F-15 Strike Eagle games, Falcon 3.0, 
fleet defender? Really? That would make sense. Basically, anything around like the you know very early nineties. Like yeah. it's kind of weird. The MT thirty two. A lot of games support it, but it, it was kind of like this three, four year kind of span where it was really supported, and then another kind of two to three year span where the SC-55 was supported, and then we just got into digital audio. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, Jagged Alliance Deadly Games supports the MT-32. You just did a show on Jagged Alliance, which was great. I did, yeah, not too long ago. Which is great. I need to play the first one. I've never played the first one. I started with Deadly Games. It's just, it's it's more straightforward, I guess. The the first one, there's like a little bit less to to do. Yeah, not less to do, but it's it's like a, a smaller game. Yeah, look at and this. it's All, a, a lot less uh, role play. Yeah, for space sims, folks. Let's see, Master of Orion, Hyperspeed, Light Speed, uh, Elite Plus. Star Trek twenty fifth anniversary seems to support it. Really? Oh, I haven't gotten yeah. that far down the list. Oh my god, ATAC. It's not a space game. Remember ATAC? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Remembering all these fucking games. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, the original Mech Warrior, which I oh, own. I remember. I, what was it Flight of the Old Dog? You remember that the Dale Brown thing? You flew a, a basically a, a B fifty two that yeah, was heavily was modified. Mega Fortress is what Mega Fortress. Yeah, that's the bo- it. Yep. The book was, was Fly, Flight of the Old Dog. The book was Flight of the Old Dog, and but yeah, Mega Fortress was the game. Is because of that game that I read a bunch of his books, including Flight of the Old Dog. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mega Fortress, guys. If you haven't played Mega Fortress, track that shit down. It is the one of the only true bomber focused flight sims ever made. And the flying motorcycles too and deeds not words. <laughs> oh wait, that's Mega Force. Sorry. <laughs> Did I tell you I watched Mega Force the other day, the Rift Tracks version? I'm proud of you. Yeah. You should well, watch the non Rift Tracks version. No, though. I did already when I was a kid, for God's sakes. That shit was great when I was nine, but now it's... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. What what else? Oh, all the Police Quest games. Yeah, all basically any Sierra games. adventure game. Yeah, Red Baron, clearly. The Rocketeer. Robocop 3. Oh, God. Sylphied? Really? Uh-huh. SimCity 2000, you guys. Wow. Yeah, this shit... This is a, oh, there's Star Control 1, which sounds great. But, oh, I can play that. Let me play that real yeah. quick. And that shit real quick. I forgot about that. Let me turn this shit back Mike on. Mike Ditka's ultimate football. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, TFX. Oh, I love TFX. Oh, oh UFO. XCOM, UFO, Enemy mm-hmm. Unknown. Oh, my God. Hang on. Let me, uh, let me launch. Because the, the music for Star Control is hilarious on the M32, you guys. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Here we go. Come on, come on, come on. There we go. It actually says Star Control in the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got that fade out. You know? It's got that fade out, you know. And even the menu stuff. Here's the thing, the menu stuff. You hear that? That's the menu. The menu uses the MT-32. The menu. (laughs) It's using a marimba sound effect on the MT-32 for that. I'm not even making (laughs) that up. That's just... 
That's incredible, you guys. <laughs> and that was me exiting the game. It made a little ding. Because <laughs> initially it wasn't really a thing. Because like what you could do later, I guess if you had enough money for an MT32, is you'd have you'd have your MT32, your SC55 for yeah. the music, and then you'd have you know your sound blaster for for the digital sound. So you'd actually go through and you'd set up your your digital audio card and your music card or device. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You'd have to set them up separately, like in TIE Fighter and whatnot. Yeah, but initially it was just, well, okay, you had an MT-32. Okay, well, that's what you're, you're going to run all your audio through. So, yeah, they had to put in all these little, it wasn't just music. It was all these little UI interactions would have you know sound effects through through the MT-32 as well. I see that Wing Commander 2 also supported the MT-32. Let me see if I have that set up. Let's, let's click that shit and see what happens. I got to tell you guys, GRG Galaxy is pretty nice. When yeah, it, when it, when it oh, I've been, I've been enjoying it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's it's really. I mean, it updates the games. You know, it gives you shortcuts to like setup and everything. It's really just pretty. Oh, I think it is going to use the MT32 because it's flashing. It's got a little MIDI message thing <laughs> that says, "Hey, oh, there it goes." Uh, same uh, same engine thing. I always found the music in Wing Commander Two is good, but it's less like memorable. Yeah. It's faster, too. Better, faster, stronger. Damn. Yeah, this isn't as... This isn't as amazing. Ominous, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, but it doesn't even have that intro. It just kind of like, oh, start a new game. Yeah, and then you get into the intro, and, and Thrakath is going to start talking, or the Emperor. Oh, yeah, or, there it goes. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> That's amazing, you guys. I haven't heard this. I haven't listened to Wing Commander 2 with the MT-32. Oh, you know what else would be amazing with it, too? Um, because it's from Sierra, right? And Sierra made this thing. Uh, is... Um, what was that tank game? Stellar 7. Oh, does that work with this thing? I bet it does. Yeah, that's one of like Dynamics. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's on the list. It is on the list. It's like an early Dynamics game. Yeah, it's Damon Sly, the guy that did Red Baron. Ah, I like that game. That was a great game. Let's see. Let's look at some of the other... I turned Push to Talk off because it was just getting in the way of everything. Let's see. What haven't we mentioned? You mentioned it, Apple II, uh, Joe. Someone else, Scott, yeah. on Facebook, mentioned that his favorite piece of computing hardware was an Apple II with two five-and-a-quarter-inch drives to play the Kobayashi Alternative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played all those Star Trek text games. Mm-hmm. Those are amazing. And then let's see. Uh, oh, Dan- Danielle from Facebook, mentioned the Sumcom F-15 joysticks. Remember those? Those massively expensive sticks that everyone wanted? Yeah, I always wanted the, the, the Thrustmaster F-16. Oh, God, I know. I know. But those are so expensive. Oh, yeah, they were, like, made of metal and, like... Yeah, I always wanted, like, the whole thing. You know, like, it had the, the, the throttle and the pedals, and that would have been wicked. Oh, apparently uh, in YouTube, 
Getting back to MT32 for a second, Rembrandt Einstein says that the Elite Plus is screwed up on its MT32 support. Apparently, it tries to play the sound effects, but those are only available on a different model called the CM32L. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, if you go through the list, there's a whole bunch of, like, so the MT32 was kind of, like, the original, and like I said, it wasn't really intended for this, and then they kind of went through a whole bunch of different revisions, and there was, like, the LAPC1, which was an MT32 on a card that would just fit in a slot so you didn't have to deal with... Because to get this attached and actually running on an old computer was challenging, right? Because you had to get, like, the... Like before, there was a what was there was a Roland. It was an MPU four hundred one. It was a uh, a MIDI interface. So it was like this this isocard that had a breakout box that connect and that breakout box connected by an RS two thirty two that we were talking about before. And then you would plug your MIDI stuff into this breakout box. So it wasn't Jesus like super Christ. trivial. Yeah, I remember those daughter cards. I didn't know they were meant to replace. These uh, standalone units. There were some, and I think this the CM32L was it. That was external, but instead of being black, I think it was beige, and it didn't have the uh, what's it called the uh, the the little the, the display, or it had a smaller display, or something like that. So they just they started making this be more optimized for actually just for for PC connectivity. Oh yeah, I was looking for a CM32L. Yeah, it has no screen and just pretty much a knob. Yeah, that's no it. fun. Yeah, that's that's nowhere that's nowhere near interesting enough. Because you can actually like there's buttons and stuff on the front of the MT32. Because you could program it, like you could program in different patch banks and and all kinds of of other stuff. That's why there's controls on it because it's for making music. Yeah, which and yeah, it's got all these little buttons and everything that I never touch. And the same with the SC, the SC55 has even more buttons. <laughs> Oh God, it does! It's got so many little buttons that I never touch, <laughs> and a, and an orange display rather than yes. a green display. Uh, yeah. So, I guess I'll end on this question: What's what's since I've already mentioned the oldest piece of hardware I'm running? What is the oldest piece of hardware that either of you are running? Joe, we'll start with you. What's the oldest piece of hardware you are currently running? I mean, it's got to be um, not. Yeah, it's got to be the MT32 as well. I mean, I've got some stuff in that in my gaming machine, but you know, I've got a Riva, which isn't as old as as the MT32, so that's that's definitely it for me. Jim, Uh gosh, I don't know. I don't have anything like super old, actually. I mean, it, it's like if I open the closet, there's some scary old stuff, but currently hooked up, uh, not really. That's okay. I mean, if you're not if you're not going to be playing a lot of retro games like Joe and I, there's really no need to, you know. No, not really. I mean, it's like I still have my CH uh, Pro stick and throttle and pedals in the closet, but I I traded up for that X56, which is uh, definitely mm-hmm. a good idea. Um, don't really so much like the software on it though. It's not as uh, robust. Yeah, Satex software has never been great. Yeah, I wish somebody would uh, actually make some third-party software and make it good. I'd like to say it actually got worse once Mad Cats bought them. I'd like to say everything gets worse when Mad Cats gets them. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong. Well, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, well, well, the last thing we'll talk about is is like what we're, what are we playing currently? Like we we try to end with that. I don't always remember to do that, but let's take a few minutes. 
talk about what we're playing right now. Joe, what are you playing? What's got your gaming attention right now? So my gaming attention right now is split between two things. The first is, is for the show. I'm playing uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, A Final Unity. Yeah, I am jealous of you, man. I haven't played that since it first came out, and now I need to put it on my list. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's it's a little bit difficult to get running in DOSBox. There's uh there's there's some bugs. Really? But I got it I got it all figured out. Yeah, there's uh well, first of all, it usually you know you you just dump something into DOSBox, you start it up and it runs it runs fine, but you really have to jack up the cycles on this game to like 20,000. Cuz I think normally Holy it crap. it starts at 3,000 and you can futz around from yeah. there. So yeah, it needs some juice and Holy uh crap. And you were saying earlier, you know, the, the DOS box kind of defaults go to the Sound Blaster 16. Yeah. And uh, there's actually, a, I don't know if, it, if it's specific to, to DOS box, but there's a Sound Blaster 16 bug in this game that basically will not let the game launch. So you have to, you have to kick it down to the, to, your, to the original Sound Blaster. What? Yeah, it's weird. Like, <laughs> it, I was getting this weird error. Like the game would start and then it would just boot out with some kind of like could not initialize something or other. And I Googled it and a bunch of other people were having the same issues on the DOS box forums and yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, hilarious. but I got it running. So, hey. What's the other game you're playing? I am sadly, maybe not sadly, but I'm, I'm hardcore back into World of Warcraft right now. Like the, the new nope. the Legion expansion dropped and it is the best the game has ever been. <laughs> If I wasn't a subscriber to Elder Scrolls Online, I might actually give it a try. Yeah, I'm I'm a Warcraft junkie though. That's that's my thing. Yeah. I like as cheesy as it is, I like the lore. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I understand that. I'm I'm Yeah, but the lore quit today. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I'm all about Tamriel. You know, I've got actual printed books about about from the books from the game. Yeah, and I've and I've got a whole bunch of books about Azeroth. So yeah, I'm reading the Ill, I'm reading the Illidan book right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I lo- I love that they've realized that as geeks we want that sort of thing. So just please give it to us. Oh, I think we, do, we, did we it start with it? the Mist books? I don't know. And I'm not even talking about crossover books. I'm talking about lore books, like you were talking about. Um, yeah, which is I wouldn't be surprised if it was Mist. Mist was the so Mist ones, the, the Wing Commander novels that I just read all the way through a little still, while ago I'm, again. I'm still working on the second one. I'm in the middle of the second one. And it's it's a hard read because that ship is going through some shit. Oh, yeah. And and it's oh, good. It's, oh, my God. And I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, I got to put this down. Ow. <sighs> They're stuck in an asteroid field right now. It's like, ooh, I don't want to see where this goes. I like these people. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh so yeah, what about you, Jim? Um, what? What are you playing right? I'm now? sorry. What am I playing? That's why I'm distracted. Not uh, right actually, now. Well, okay, what are you playing right now? I know like you're literally right now. Literally right now. <laughs> right, right uh, now. I'm playing Ark, the dinosaur. Did you get the expansion for that? that? Yes, I did. That's what we're playing, and it's balls hard. Oh my god! How do you it's, feel uh, about them releasing expansion for an early access product? I think that this game is so finished that it's not really early access anymore. It's mm. like, it, it was, it, well, I won't say it's beta, or I won't say it's alpha. I will say it's late beta, right? So right. It, there's still some things that are wonk 
right? But if they're, they were to the point where they were just putting in, like, here's a bunch of new dinosaurs every week, right? What I wish that they had done in here, because they put wyverns, they put the, the sandworms from Dune kind of looking death worm things in here. They went with a lot of fantasy creatures, right? So I just wish that they had uh, put some kind of mode where it's just like, hey, you know what? Just start the freaking game with, with like, a sword and a shield, please. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not instantly dead. But yeah, it's still like you wake up naked and, you know, you get a rock and a stick and start with that. Um, but it's in the desert, so it's wicked hot. And the weather, they, they have a bug in the game right now that the weather just murders you anyway. Like, if you're if you're playing on the normal island, you freeze to death or... You'll go from, like, I'm dying from heat stroke to I'm freezing to death in, you know, like, two minutes, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just like, I wish they would take all that temperature bullshit out. Just, you know. So what I do, because I run my own server, and also the dinosaur taming times, that's set up. um, It's clearly they have in mind, like, oh, there's going to be, like, a tribe of 10, 20 people, and they're going to cooperate to do. Well, no, it's just me and the wife, right? So... I don't have 18 hours to sit here and train a freaking dinosaur. So I took the, I took that slider and slammed it all the way over to like 10x. So instead of like 18 hours, we get it in like an hour and a half or whatever, right? So not so bad. Um, but uh, yeah, the the uh, heat effects, I also turned that up so that you become resistant to it. It's still deadly as hell the first couple levels, but you get resistant to it quick. So that's the only way we're able to survive in this desert stuff. Because it's like when the sun comes out midday, if you are not in the shade, you die. So the really? like priority one is build build a floor, build a wall, put a roof on it. Hmm. And then you have like a lean-to that you can hide under all day. Yeah. In fact, I'm in the midst of dying right now. Because I've been talking <laughs> and stuff. Hide. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I guess for me, um, I actually was playing some SWAT 4 the other day. SWAT 4? SWAT 4, yeah, I got uh, I got it running. It runs pretty much right out of the box, which is nice. And I, I don't know, every now and again I feel like loading up SWAT 4 because it's still my favorite first-person tactical game. I need to play it because I, I got so turned off by the original SWAT that I just gave up on the rest oh, of them. Oh, no, 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 no. SWAT 3 and 4 are completely different from the first two games. Yeah, so I played SWAT and SWAT 2, and I was like, these suck. SWAT, well, SWAT yeah, SWAT, two, SWAT 3 and 4 is more like a Rainbow Six kind of experience. But with, but with like police procedures, so you can't just kill everyone. You actually right. have to try and handcuff people. It's great. And the... Re- the uh, perpetrators are uh, randomly placed, and they also have random uh, personalities. So you might do one playthrough of a level, and they might just come in guns blazing. You might do another play of a level, and the same dude might be like, okay, I'm sorry. And you just can cuff him and arrest him. It's great. And it's got one of the finest uh, interfaces of any first-person game I've ever played. Like, I'm going to hover over that door. Breach it, you know, dun, 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 with, just with the mouse. You can select multiple commands, and you can split your team into. T- oh, yeah, I got to give it a go. I, I have to cover SWAT. I've done Police Quest on on the show, but I've never covered SWAT. The, the problem is you can't get four digitally. You used um, to be able to on Direct Yes, drive. you can. Oh, uh, not legally. Uh, uh, it's so, dude. Uh, um, 
what's his name? Blue Drake twenty two. Yeah, has it I know, up on but his that's site. It's that's just like here it is, and it's all that fixed. That is clearly a moral gray area. Clearly morally gray because it it's you can buy SWAT three on GOG, you know, but not four. But not four. But three is pretty close to four, so you could play three and definitely get a feel for what we're talking about, and it's amazing and worth it. So I've been playing some of that, and I gotta admit I've also been playing um, Lord of the Rings Online. Lotro. They had a sale for their expansion packs the other day, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy them, but they look awesome, and I love Lord of the Rings. So I I jump back into the free version, and it's it's quaint. It's so old school, especially compared to ESO, which which is much more active, you know, and how you fight and and everything. Um, it's much more wow. It's much more of the wow school, the classic wow school of MMOs, right? Because even wow isn't the classic wow school anymore. It isn't. Is it? Is it more like? Is it a little more active now? Oh yeah, like it's 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 a totally different game. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's it's uh, the that's the thing that kind of got me about wow though, and why the vanilla wow people still get traction is because they've basically anything that's that in any way inconveniences people. It's just like, just streamline that out, right? So if you remember the old EverQuest days of, oh, I died, now I have to do a corpse run. Well, that doesn't happen. And then people complained about, like, the rest experience in the inns, right? And, you know, so they changed that. And uh, so it's it's kind of getting to the point now, without mods even, it's like you log in and it's like, here's a big arrow. Go talk to that guy. And then your next quest is over there. Follow the arrow. You know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, my dog could play it. And in a way, it's nice. Like you kind of just sit down and, and you don't have to think too hard, but it's you're still doing things that feel relevant. Well, but I if you're really trying to sit down for a deep ex- Yeah, if you're trying to sit down for like a deep experience, then maybe not. But if you get into high end rating, then, you know, there's, there still is that. So it's kind of yeah. one of those things that has something for, for everyone. So you can blast through the leveling stuff and then just get to the rating and, and fiddle. Or if you like and, you spreadsheets, know. you could play Eve with Hunter. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us are definitely going to do, be doing that once it goes free in uh, November with the, uh, with the Alpha clones. I'm going to give it a whirl again. I have to fire up one of my like 17 trial accounts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very clever that they're doing that. I wonder how uh, the other space MMOs are going to, especially like the smaller ones like Vendetta, how are they going to... Uh, like I'm sure you said that. the same thing. Eve is just one of those games that like I want to like it so much. Like I feel yeah, like I, I should I, love it and I just yeah, don't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's just too just too fiddly. Too yeah. many things to fiddle with. I just want to go in and fly a mission and shoot shit. Dude, if it was like Rebel Galaxy. And oh, I'd be all MMO over that like shit. Eve, I would be yeah. on it, man. It would I'd just be, be on like, that game, game every makes night. Total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be on that shit every fucking day if it was like Rebel Galaxy, the MMO. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Give me, give me that. So what about what about Vendetta Online? We need to go back and revisit that because they keep beefing up the graphics and making things nicer. And I actually canceled my account because I wasn't playing it, uh, and it was I was finding it a little boring. Like I, I don't know what it is with Elite and with Jumpgate. I feel like when I'm flying around the universe, I feel connected to it. You know, I feel like I'm in it. You know, I'm a part of this. 
But with Vendetta Online, I don't. I feel like I'm in a game, which takes me out of it. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Like it's not a I bad just wish, game. I just wish that Elite would get something. See what it what it lacks is actually discovery, which is odd because the game is like here's a billion star systems, right? And you can Go fly around and discover whatever. <laughs> But it's just like, okay, they're all different and they're all the same. It's like snowflakes, right? They're all different, but yeah. you've seen a snowflake, you've seen them all. So it's just like, well, what am I doing? Because there's nothing actually new to discover there, right? It's it's not like, well, the the one thing, right, where it's like, oh, God, we found a Thargoid ship, right? Well, it's only taken six months to find the damn thing. And, like, you know, one guy found it. And then everybody else just goes and, and tags it, you know, like, oh, saw it too. Uh, but it's I don't know, man. That it's missing the single player thing where I feel like I am the protagonist. Where here I'm just like I'm in the crowd and I'm lagging behind. You know, I'm I'm just like I'm a straggler, I'm just kind of bopping around. So I I just don't feel like uh, the universe knows I'm even there. Yeah, you're such a tiny cog, tiny yeah. tiny cog. But it's like. It's it's weird with Elite, like, I'll play for a few hours, it's like, yeah, that was fun, and then I won't play for days or weeks, because it's like, um, is there something else to do than what I was just doing? Not really, not right now. My problem with Elite is if I do that, I forget how to play. Like, I just forget all my buttons, and then I'm like, oh, God, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> that is not unfair, because there are a lot of goddamn... That's one thing I find Voice Attack helps a lot with, is that you don't need to remember everything, you just be like, you know... Lower landing gear. <laughs> Which yeah, is- I got to set that up again because then I, I forgot like half the things that I set up to say. <laughs> oh no! Just buy one of the voice packs. Buy the one with Brian. Yeah, I- Ble- buy the one with Brian Blessed. Yeah, can't go wrong with fucking Brian Blessed. I just hope they give us David Warner at one point. Oh, that'd be good. Oh my god! Do you know the one I want is, is Neil Eden. Tyson. When you fly. <laughs> no, seriously, man. It's like you, you know, give me places like waypoints to fly to. And when I get there, then Neil narrates like, well, what you're looking at here is this kind of planet, you know, that, that kind might, of thing. That might, make sense. that might make sense once they Im- implement the um, the passenger stuff. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're going to have you do tours and shit. So that would make sense to have like a tour guide. And that'd be great if it was, you know, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hmm. Either him or Terry Crews. That's who I would want <laughs> as my tour guide. Space Terry wants to skip some hydrogen. Terry Crews <laughs> as President Camacho, narr- <laughs> narrating. <laughs> I love Terry Crews. I do too. Have you seen Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh yes. Oh love God. It. Him love and Andre- him and Andre Brower are fucking worth their weight in gold in my oh, opinion. Oh yes. The two of them just. Oh my God. And and I also want Terry Crews's gaming machine with the the oh my god 1080s, the ten eighties and SLI oh my god folks yeah Terry Crews is uh I don't know if he's a new PC gaming enthusiast but he he recently, says he is he re- yeah he recently released some videos with his son where they built a computer together that and man is all in it's a, it's impressive how in yes he is but it's also fucking adorable. It's so no, it's great. I love his little so his videos and yeah, he's great. He's so I want that monitor like he too. He's got that. Ex- we've known all along, you know. What's <laughs> yeah. so 
So it's like, welcome to the club, Terry. You're now one of us. <laughs> we we aspired to be like you, but suddenly you're like me, and maybe that's better. And that's just and that's I okay. couldn't I couldn't meet you on your playing field. No, but you met me mine. No. Wasn't he also the office linebacker in those commercials yes. back in the day? Yeah. Oh, I love those so much. Those are the best. All right, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, Joe, where can folks find you and your podcast? So you can find the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com and, you know, all those other places. Search for Upper Memory Block podcast on Facebook and UMB show on Twitter. And uh, I put up a final Unity video, a little bit about an hour of that play, hoping to get another part up before I put up the show on uh, on the uh, YouTube channel, Upper Memory Block. Just search for that and uh, you'll find it all. And uh, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do after Final Unity, but uh, yeah, we'll see. 90 some odd episodes to uh, to check out. Aren't you going to have a baby? <laughs> yeah, at the end of October. Hopefully, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I have a couple of uh, listeners that uh, have provided me with some, some of their own shows. I ask people to do a show about a game that they like. So why don't and, uh, you raise your kid as if... It was the 70s again, right? And and just kind of time warp them. Like, the first year of their life, they see nothing but, like, Afro's Bell Bottoms Soul Train <laughs> on TV. And then you give them an Atari 2600 when they turn two. and That'll be perfect. You just speed run them up through the 80s. I know someone who did that, actually. They started them off with, like, a Pong machine when they were, like, four yeah, did they Atari. raise them like in a bomb shelter? And then when they got out, see, they that's still the thing. The no, 50s. they did. No, they didn't. They gave them a new machine like every six months. Oh, so it was just what, like what yeah, was that the speed run. That, that there was a uh, movie where like the Truman Show or something. No, it was these people like in the sixties. They they went down in a bomb shelter, and then or in the fifties rather, and uh, then they came out. You know, and it was like modern day. Blast but from they the past, were still in fifties. Yeah, Bla- blast from the past with Brendan Fraser and Christopher yes, Walken. Yes, that's it. Great movie, but I'm biased. I love Christopher Walken in just about anything, yep. even Privateer Two. Even, even. Well, that's the thing about Privateer Two. It has such an amazing cast, an yeah. amazing, amazing cast. I mean, not only Walken, you got John Hurt, Jurgen Proch now, fucking, uh, oh god, Clive Owen, uh. Yeah, fucking everyone's in that movie. Uh, <laughs> a movie, yeah. <laughs> it should have just been. Well, it wasn't it even sh- a very good movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. If you folks, you can go watch Privateer Two as a movie on YouTube. It's like two hours long, and it's terrible because the story is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, anyway. yeah, just go on YouTube and just watch the story. You don't yeah. even need to play the. Don't game. play the game. Don't play oh, the game. The game is not it's worth the anything. worst. The worst. Oh my god! Part of me wants. And if you to- want to, if you want to see the gameplay, just go watch Brian playing it because it's hilarious. Yeah, but you can't watch me play it drunk because I hid that video. <laughs> I blacked out, man. I blacked out playing that. Well, I guess count yourself lucky. So much tequila. Yeah, I don't remember it. It was great. <laughs> That's the way you should play Privateer. Best 2. Privateer Two session ever. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, folks, next week on the show. We are going to talk, we're going to kind of keep with the classic theme. We're going to bring on Trevor Sorensen. He created the Starfleet games from the mid and late 80s. You might remember Starfleet awesome. 1. Starfleet 1, The Battle Begins, I think it was called. And then Starfleet 2, Krillian Commander, 
which was like super ambitious for its day, like with planetary invasions and stuff. Those games are crazy and they're awesome. And we're going to be talking to him uh, next week. This week on uh, Thursday for our Thursday night gaming, we're going to take a break from space gaming because our good friend Spazdicus specifically requested we play How to Survive 2. And, you know, he's a good guy. He's with us in almost all our streams. <laughs> so um, I couldn't say no. So that's what we're going to play on Thursday. And I apologize that last week's podcast has not been put up yet. I have been so freaking busy with two parties and lots of work and stuff that, yeah, no time. But I'll get that up probably around the same time this one goes up. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Joe, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's always a pleasure to be on. And we'll have to think of another excuse to bring you back. We'll have another show about TIE Fighter. I'll, pa- I'll finally pass that god- that one goddamn mission. <laughs> and then we'll talk about TIE Fighter again. <laughs> Just one show about TIE Fighter. Actually, we should do a show about the X-Wing series. Just in general, yeah. Just the series. Oh, we How have to have Hunter on so we can talk about Ace. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Jim, if we did a show about the X-Wing, just the X-Wing series? Great news, Ace. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I got to play that game again because I remember enjoying it, but I haven't played it since it first came out. I I enjoyed it once you got to the Rebel stuff, but the family stuff? Oh, I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. I remember it being very very pretty. For its its day. That's not inaccurate for its day. Anyway, uh, so folks, thank you so much for listening and watching. Remember to visit me on SpaceGameJunkie.com, Twitter.com slash SpaceGameJunkie, and don't forget to check out the Patreon, Patreon.com slash SpaceGameJunkie. A little bit more money, and I will start broadcasting my goddamn face out there with cameras and everything. So just hey, I donate that. you How much do we have too. to pay against that? So <laughs> can, can, it, can it be like one camp is trying to buy you on on campus trying to it's a bidding war for my face yeah so it's just like it's a a fight of dollars right and just watch it climb higher and higher (laughs) just be an auction just making an auction (laughs) sweet (laughs) well folks thank you so much for listening and watching and we'll see you next time good night let's have some music in here boiler do a thing Yeah, you